Welcome back. You're watching Traders Corner and joining me as always is Garth McKenzie, founder and editor of Traders Corner. Garth, welcome. Hi, Julieta. Garth, it's been frantic out there on the market today, uh, but we're not going to be talking about Capitec or PSG or any of the shares under Viceroy's beam. Um, but have a look at the all share. And of course, it is affecting the all share, particularly a trade that you entered into last week. That's right. Yeah, last week we went long on the all me future. So remember the all me is a, a, a mini future, essentially. You get the all Z future, which is the big one. That's 10 Rand per point. And then you get the all me future, which is one rand per point. So we traded three contracts on the all me future, which is the little one. Uh, so here's an hourly chart of the of the futures contract. And what we identified last week was the fact that the market was beginning to break out above this triangular type pattern. And it looked as if it was poised to go higher. It was poised to go to 55,000. And our target actually was 55,500 for this trade. So it got off to a good start. The day after the trade had been initiated, it gapped up and it went to 55,000. And you can see it's spent a couple of days, well, a day or two, uh, sticky at the 55,000 mm. level. And it did look for, for a while like it might actually try and break out. But unfortunately, we were actually stopped out of that trade. And uh, this is one of the rare occasions where I did actually put an auto stop loss in mm. um, because I wasn't actually at my desk at the time. And I thought, well, you know, the, the, it was looking good. It was looking like it was going to run and break out above the 55,000 area. But I moved the stop loss up to our break entry, break even point, or our entry point, which is 54,680. And as you can see, that spike down over there uh, on, I think that was Thursday last week, um, actually triggered the stop loss. So we ended up making no money, or but no loss either on the yeah. trade. It is a bit of a pity because it did get out the gates quite well. Yeah. But uh, again, this is also one of these situations where you're actually grateful for your risk management because <laughs> if you look at what's happened to the market subsequently today, it's down over a thousand points. Mm. Uh, we had this big gap down this morning and it's continued to sell off throughout the session. Obviously, we've got the negative news out of um, uh, with, well the Viceroy report relating to Capitec. Uh, and that's knocked on to, to PSG. But we've also seen quite a broad-based risk-off approach to the whole market today. Mm. A lot of big cap shares are down. Naspers was down 4% at one stage when I looked. So, you know, so, so as a consequence, our whole top 40 index is down quite a bit. And when I look back at this and I think, well, at least our stop loss saved us and we got out break even, that actually it's fine. Um, yeah. We didn't make money. We certainly didn't lose and we could have lost quite a lot if we had stuck it out and been in the market today, which yeah. fortunately we were not. Because, I mean, one always tries to uh, run your winners, which is exactly what you were doing by moving that stop loss up to yeah. your, your entry point, your break even point, mm -hmm. and then it kind of turned on you. So, yeah. I mean, you could have cashed in, I suppose, at 55,000, but. Yeah, I could have. But the reality is that was never really our intention. That the, the thinking was that it was bumping up at 55,000 mm. numerous times, and eventually it was looking to me like it was going to break through there. Yeah. And it didn't happen. It went the other way. It's one of those things in trading. Yeah. So, the market here is a lot more volatile over the last couple of sessions, and it looks as if volatility is increasing abroad too, which uh, has been a while in the coming, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. So this is just a chart of the VIX, and uh, the VIX is the Chicago Board Options Exchange Volatility Index, and it is a reading of uh, implied volatility that options traders are using when they trade options on the S&P 500. So, I mean, that's a complicated explanation, but often VIX is referred to as Wall Street's fear gauge. Yep. So if the VIX is low, it implies market complacency, it's quite calm. If the VIX spikes or it pushes higher, then it implies 
greater nervousness or sometimes even panic. Now what's quite interesting to note is it, it was incredibly low throughout the second half of last year. I mean, we were talking uh, lows last seen in 1993. Mm. Uh, very, very low VIX readings, very calm market, very complacent. And that goes along the lines with the S&P 500 just steadily climbing mm. and steadily climbing like we saw at the end of last year and in, in the beginning of this year as well. But what's quite interesting to note here is that actually throughout the month of January, the VIX has been climbing. Mm. And all that time, the, the S&P 500 has also been very steeply rising, which is quite difficult or quite different to what one would ordinarily expect. Usually in a market that's rising so steadily the way the S&P 500 has been, you would expect the volatility reading to remain low. But so maybe it's the trajectory of the rise well that is the point this here. This is it. And I think that's exactly what it's telling us, is that the market has become a little bit cautious in, in expecting that the S&P 500 has now gone very, very steep to the upside. And that trajectory is not sustainable. And invariably what's going to happen is it's going to fall over and result in a bit of volatility. Mm. And I think that's what the, the implied volatility here is telling you, and hence why the VIX reading has been going up. But what's quite interesting to note is last night's close. Um, it had quite a big spike up. Obviously, the U.S. market was down. You would expect a, a push-up in VIX when the market drops like that. Um, but just note what's written there. This was the highest close in 100 days, and it was just one day after the S&P 500 made a new 52-week high. Now, the last time that happened, well, it's only ever happened once uh, in, in the prior 30 years. And the last time that happened, the market, it, it actually was a precursor to the market going softer. Mm. So if we believe this, uh, and, and I think I do, I suspect that we're likely to see some consolidation, a little bit more volatility creeping into the market now, and possibly a little bit of a pullback in that S&P 500. Mm. That's certainly what the VIX appears to be mm. forecasting here. I mean, it's kind of gravity, isn't it, really? Uh, something that goes up so steeply is, as you say, not sustainable. Yeah, when you get a, a steep trend at the way the S&P 500 <coughs> has been steepening recently, that is not sustainable. It, it, it inevitably does uh, result in some consolidation eventually. Okay, so um, a market to watch and possibly a market um, that may retrace. Um, what about this week's trade, Garth? Because the market has already started to pull back yeah. uh, and you have constructed an option to take advantage of the market's weakness. Yes, that's right. We've done one of these put spread structures, which I did many of them last year. Not many of them worked, but I'm doing another one uh, because I, my feeling is that, uh, like I said, with the S&P 500, it's looking increasingly as if it needs to consolidate and possibly we could see a little bit of volatility ahead. And that will translate into our market. And it's exactly what we've seen here. So I did an option structure. I actually did this trade last week, Wednesday. And uh, th so that was the 24th of January. And it was good timing in hindsight because that was pretty much where the market was at its peak. Sometimes you get that right, sometimes you don't. Mm. But I'll explain the thinking here. And the thinking really is that I I'm just looking for uh, a, a market pullback, not a crash or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. But just the fact that we've had quite a steep move up in January, I do think that these markets could be poised for a little bit of a pullback in the near term. And where I've put that big, uh, black rectangle on the chart over there. That is where I'm just sort of wanting to participate into any weakness into that area. So I'm doing an option structure on the March 2018 Aussie future. Um, this expires on the 15th of March. So it means that we've got about six weeks odd 
uh, until this thing expires. So it's a relatively short dated one in comparison to the ones we traded last year, which were generally a little bit longer dated. And I'll explain all the technicalities now, but suffice to say, it actually looks quite good today, um, given that we've seen the, the top 40 breaking below this upward trend that goes back to middle of December. And um, that now certainly to me suggests that we've got a little bit more weakness to come in the near term here. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the problem is that maybe um, because it is a, it's a, it's a six-week target that you have rather than an immediate target where you can go short the market. Mm. Um, is there a danger where you sort of conflate the longer term with the shorter term? Uh, so instead of maybe actually a naked short, you have an option structure um, because you've kind of got uh, the market falling uh, front and center of your mind. Yeah. Look, at the, remember at the time when I did the trade, the market hadn't started falling yet. And why I like doing these option structures is because you can define what your risk is. So even if the market continues to rally from here, I know what my risk is. It's defined. Whereas with a naked short position, you are um, you, you, you exposed if the market continues mm. to rally. Obviously, you can put a stop loss in and sure. so on. But I, I generally like doing it via option structures, just purely from the point of view that you know what your risk is up front, and then you can let the structure play out. Okay, so talk us through how you constructed this. All right, so this uh, chart over here uh, has the levels of the top 40 index along the bottom over there, and on the left-hand side, those are the profit or loss above the zero line is, is obviously profit and below the zero line is loss. So there are three legs to this option structure. The first leg is that I've gone long of one contract of a 54,000 strike put option. Remember, put option buys me the right to sell the market at a particular strike price. In this case, the strike price that we're looking at here is 54,000. So if the market's below 54,000 at the time of expiry, it effectively allows me the ability to short the market from 54,000 downwards. Okay. For that, I pay 6,722 Rand. And you can see that that, uh, pro uh, that leg of the option structure will make money uh, as long as the market is falling and it will continue to make money all the way down to zero on the market. But the market's not going to zero, certainly not in the next six weeks or ever for that time. <laughs> so we can sell away some of that downside participation because we don't need all of it. And I can, in doing that, I can recoup some of that 6,700 Rand that I've spent mm. on buying this option. So what I've done then is I've sold short another put option further out the money now. It's a strike of 52,500 uh, and this, the premium that I've received for that is 2,663 Rand. Remember, because I'm selling that option short, I earn the premium. Yeah. Right, yeah. so that premium actually gets paid to me. Further to that, I've sold another further out the money put option, uh, this time with a strike of 51,500. And for that, I've received a premium of 50, uh, sorry, of, of 1,497 Rand. So, I know it starts to look a little bit like the, the map of the London Underground with all these lines and different colors and what have you. Um, but if I, if I summarize it, that black line over there is the, the net payoff of all of these different structures once they're overlaid against each other. So if I just tidy the graph up, there you can see the overall payoff structure. So above 54,000, I pay a premium of 2,562 Rand. I lose that. Yeah. If the market continues to rise to all the way to the moon, the worst that, uh, that can happen is that I lose that premium. Between um, about 54, uh, about 53,800 and downwards, I start to make profits. My maximum profit is in that zone between 51,500 and 52,500. And there I can make almost 12,500 Rand. Mm. And then my danger zone is below 50,000. Now, below 50,000 would imply that the market needs to correct by more than 10% 
in the next six weeks. I think that's unlikely. It's not impossible, mm -hmm. obviously. And there is a danger zone below that point, which I'd need to hedge if we got there. But I, th I think that's unlikely. Um, I just think that if, if I'm right, and if the market does fall into the zone that I've identified, then we would look to participate in that. And this graph over here now is the, uh, is the option structure payoff overlaid onto the Aussie 40 future chart. So there you see the levels, basically below 54,000 we start to make our money, be between 52,500 and 51,500 that's where we would make our maximum profit and only below 50,000 would we start to run into yeah. trouble here. So I think this is quite nicely positioned, certainly if we do continue to see this market consolidating over the next couple of weeks as we approach the March futures closeout. I mean just one last comment, the premium paid uh, is slightly higher than times that you've had option structures. Um, you've paid in the sort of the thousand odd thereabouts. So is that because it's only six weeks to the March futures closeout? Um, so in a way, it's kind of a shorter dated option um, and therefore you end up paying more premium. Yeah, to a certain extent that's true uh, because, we're we're because we're quite short dated. What it means is that when I sell those out the money options, I earn less premium on okay. those ones. So whereas if I had done a longer dated structure, then I would receive more time value for the longer dated puts. Um, so yes, that's right. It does it does affect the prem the premium pricing. But in terms of what this is costing us as a percentage of our capital, that works out at about one point seven percent of this of the capital we've got at our disposal in the South African portfolio. Yeah. So it's certainly well within our risk tolerance limits. Okay. So what do those portfolios look like, Garth? I imagine not too much. Well, certainly in the local um, portfolio, not too much change. Yeah. So the local portfolio there, we've got that Ormi future, which we said we closed out at break even, and that's that's there. And then this is the option structure, which we've discussed on today's show where we've paid away the premium of two and a half thousand rand. So if I, if I take all of that and I account for the lost premium, then we're down 1.7% on the okay. South African portfolio at the moment. And then the offshore component, remember we did that Treasury ETF mm -hmm. last week, which we discussed, and there's a, that is slightly on the right side for us. We're up about $24. That's underlying shares that we've bought there. And I am probably looking to hold that for the rest of the year, most likely. So, But we're more or less flat on the offshore portfolio. Yeah, and those bond yields starting to look quite they're interesting. To, they are starting to tick up, which is what, th that's the bet that we've taken. Yeah. Um, Garth, and just very quickly, um, course dates and also um, how to subscribe uh, for a weekly alert. Yes, last chance to uh, subscribe for this course that I'm doing on the Saturday, the 3rd of February. It's a high probability trading course. Um, my colleague Andrew Todd is also doing a top 40 trading course on the 17th of Feb. Anyone that would like to attend either of these, please email me goth at traderscorner.co.za. And then lastly, if you want to subscribe to receive our free weekly email, uh, you can go to traderscorner.co.za, sign up. It's quick and easy to do. And every Tuesday, we'll send you an email detailing everything that's coming up on the show for the week ahead. Great. Goth, we'll leave it there. Thanks as always for joining us. Goth McKenzie is founder and editor of Traders Corner.